Ooh, that looks tasty. Welcome, folks. Today, the Hunger Gamer is back with another episode of Boards and Brews. And today, we have Alex Radcliffe from Board Game Co. joining us. Say hello. Hello. Hi, everyone. I got my brew coffee today because, well, I'm more of a coffee person to begin with, but uh, happy to be here. I've been so excited. I've been watching all these, and, and now I get to drink a little something with you. And, and and he was very jealous, I have to say. Just, I mean, he must have messaged me once asking yeah. if he could come on. Like once. It was hard. <laughs> but uh, and so he said, so he has coffee today. I actually, too, I'm drinking a little coffee because it's actually still the afternoon here where I am. And um, though I did go iced coffee just to show how very California I am. Yeah, it is uh, 40 degrees outside or something like that. And I'm still drinking iced coffee because we don't all make good decisions. We are here for our episode. So the first question is rapid fire style that everybody gets. Who the crap are you? What is your channel? What is your shtick? And how or why did you get into the reviewer game? Ooh, you said rapid fire. I don't do rapid fire, but let me try. Let me try. Okay, I am Alex Radcliffe. My channel is Board Game Co. I talk about lots and lots of board games with, I would say, a good, good heavy focus on Kickstarter games, which was not actually how I got started. It wasn't the point of my channel. It's something I stumbled into. I started doing a channel way back and started with reviews and this and that and the same whatever that everyone else. And then I started talking about the Kickstarter games I was backing and why I was backing them and what was making me not back some games or back other games. And I realized very quickly that that was a type of content that people are gravitating towards, both from a combination of Kickstarters, popular and attractive and fun to talk about, as well as in the fact that I was very often focusing on the financial reason I was or wasn't backing. And people really seemed to gravitate towards that. It was never really intended. It's just the way I looked at things. And it became a very big focus on my channel uh, from there it evolved over time and i make sure to diversify my content my favorite content is actually not kickstarter it's it's topics it's like talking about just different kind of things like we're doing today in fact that's my favorite type of content uh, just talking about discussions and opinions and and having those intellectual you know thought out conversations so that but that would be i guess the closest thing to uh i have to rapid fire and it's, you essentially say that because uh, i do well, not as many Kickstarters as you do. I do I do a fair, fair amount. Probably in the past, it was probably about 60, 70%. Now it's probably about 40, 40, 50%, which is, I'm, I'm happier with that. I, I do like yep. getting stuff that's out and done and, you know, people can actually get. Because every now and then I get someone who will say, well, what do you mean I have to give them money now and I can't have it for a year? I'm like, no, 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 that's not true. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be two years. They say it's a year. That's what's going to happen. Oh man, it's uh, yeah. I'm always worried when when Kickstarter is in its high months, like let's say November, October last year. Uh, like eighty percent of my content will be Kickstarter. I actually like it when like this December and January has been very light, and I would say the past two months has been a much smaller amount. And I like, I mean, as much as I love Kickstarter and I do love Kickstarter, I like being not just the Kickstarter guy. Well rounded. It's important to be well rounded. Yeah, well, you know, all of us with COVID are becoming more well rounded. Oh, I am indeed. <laughs> up 10 pounds in the past uh, year or so. Yeah, that's not that's not bad. That's not bad. All right, but let's jump in to what, what we're what we're starting with and those of you who have listened or watched before, we usually put this down a little further towards the end, but it was pointed out to me that all the real podcasts start by talking about what it is they've been playing lately at the beginning, not at the end. So, for the first time, we're talking about what have you been playing lately and what's on your table right now? 
Okay, so let's start with what's on my table right now because that's actually going to be, and those aren't necessarily the same. I, just because it's on my table doesn't mean I've been playing it, sadly. Yeah, but yeah my, absolutely. This is a totally, a, totally two different unrelated. questions. So, so what's on my table right now is going to be a handful of games because I actually have like I have a coffee table and then, then I have a gaming table with like a few like different areas set up. So I have Pandemic Legacy Season 2 that is on my table and we are playing that as well. Uh, we're going through finishing it off uh, for the second time actually with a different person added in. So I've previously played with my wife and now we're playing with my wife and one of her friends and we're down to the last two months of the game. So that's set up and playing. I have Alter Quest. I'm trying not to. Pandemic has taken on a whole new meaning uh, these days. Like it used to just be this abstract concept and whatever, let's, let's keep it an abstract concept. <laughs> and on the other side of the table, I have Alter Quest, which I've set up I've read the rules and then I had to deal with a bunch of prototypes and reviews and I haven't gotten to the table. And I know, I know you have, and I know you like it. And, and that's that I, I need to get, I need to get it played, but it's set up. It's been set up since I got it like two months ago. Now, now how brave are you? How, how many characters are you going to take in at once? Ooh, I was going to start with two. Cause, cause why would I, that seems more intimidating to start with more than that. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, I think two is actually where, where it shines the most of the synergies. Um, I mean, if you've got a really big table, go three or four. That's I have a really big table. I don't know if I, I mean, even with two, it was pushing it. Like I have a decently sized table, but managing them from like arm's reach. If I want to reach down the table, whatever it is, I can get three or four. If I want them all within a reasonable space, uh, it, even two was a little hard to fit it, make it all fit. Yeah. It's tough. It's funny. One of the, uh, uh, I finished through one of the campaigns completely. Nice. Um, and, and, uh, towards the end of it, I did one of the quests, which is just a quest everyone would have. It's called like the escape or, I don't know, something like that, but like you're running, you're trying to get out. And I took that serious. I just ran. By the end, I had 40 minions on that board chasing me. And I only had, and that, you know, you stack those cards out. Yeah. And I just yeah. had huge, just like three rows of threat cards on each of the characters. And that was two. I had two <laughs> characters I was doing. And I left us like, huh, let's never do that again. That was, that was overwhelming. Yeah, um, it sounds intense. Yes, I. And then, then I have two more things, uh, two last games that are set up. I have either fields set up underneath uh, one of my tables that I am like six or seven dreams in, and I need to just finish that thing. But again, just distracted by other games. And then lastly, the only other game I'm in the middle of right now is going to be uh, Tapestry. I'm in the middle of playing Tapestry solo, uh, set up on my table, and I am in currently, uh, I, I would say, in the last 20 minutes of a, of a solo game of Tapestry. Now, you, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back. So you said you're, you're six, six dreams or so in on either field, and you just yes. got to finish that thing. That yep. doesn't seem to add up. Isn't that, isn't that like 80 hours of gameplay you need to go through? Sure. So I don't actually know the number of dreams. I think in the core set that I, I'm saying the core before you get into expansions or wave two or whatnot, I think there's roughly 30 dreams. I'm just making that number up based on like numbers I've seen on cards, but I think it's somewhere in that range. And between the way the dreams are structured and the way the the turn structure is structured. I think 30 dreams probably is in the range of 50 to 100 hours or something like that. Uh, so I don't actually know the quantity, but I'm, I don't know. I mean, when I say finish it up, to be very clear, I didn't mean I'm six or seven dreams in and I have like one or two left to go. I meant I just, I want to, you know what it is? Here's what it is. There are some games that I don't have this viewpoint of I need to finish it because they're games that I will keep playing. I'll come back to. Tapestry, I will come back to. Uh, Alter Quest, I will come back to. Either Fields is the kind of game that, for me, my game plan is to play through it and then trade it on and consider it like a good season of TV that I enjoy, that I watched. And so I have more of a mindset of completionist that, similar to the way I treat legacy games as well, that 
because I feel like I'm actually going to finish it because I feel there's a destination as opposed to a journey. I have this more of a mindset of trying to knock it all out, get it done, not forcing myself to play a negative game, obviously, but forcing myself to finish that last season of TV so I can go back to Game of Thrones for the fourth time. And and then I'm guessing not watch that last season, not watch that last season. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Actually, I haven't, I haven't actually watched yeah. now we're totally off the rails, but I haven't watched the any of the series yet because when it started i'd read the books i was reading the books like no i was like i'm gonna wait until he finishes the books and i've now realized yeah that's not gonna happen no no so i just need to i just need to go watch it and just accept that not good ending is going to be the ending so i will say i didn't like the ending but i don't know why people were disappointed with the ending because by the time you hit season that the time you hit the beginning of the last season, it was pretty clear that the ending was not going to deliver in a way people wanted to. So I didn't, I, I like game. I think game of Thrones was tremendous, absolutely tremendous. And I think the last season was fine. I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was good. I think it was fine, but I think people expected it to be amazing, even though the last three seasons were only fine. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just was, I wasn't disappointed the same way people were because my expectations were lower. Yeah, they, they, they kind of did that, uh, you know, you watch the Olympics, you know, that amazing dismount in the gymnastics. Yeah. And they took a step when they landed. They didn't fall. Yeah. They took a step and everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Yeah, it's, it's not the worst. If you walk in with the expectation that it's the worst, you're already going to have a much better time than the people who wanted it to be amazing. So what I have on my table right now is Imperial Spells and Steam. Ooh, how Just- is that? You know, I, now, I've only played one game, and I played it one game two-handed because my wife just got back in, and she has to still quarantine for another uh, four or five days. Okay. But I wanted to learn it, and I ordered the expansion separate, so I haven't gotten to play it solo yet. That hasn't arrived. But from what i played so far, I think it's really cool. I mean, it's kind of – it's weird because it's so much stuff, and it's a big box, and it's yep. an expensive box, but it's not really a heavy game. I mean so- – it's not like Ticket to Ride Light train game, but it is nothing like any of those 18xx games. I mean, it's it is a medium light train game, which is exactly what I want. My you know? question is: Is it worth the setup, the big box, and the hassle? You know, the I mean, again, only having played once. Sure. The the setup's not long. Okay. Big box, from what I've seen so far, only makes it easier to set up. Interesting. Like maybe it, I'll get, know, maybe I'll, I mean, when I, when I first saw the thing, it was on my radar originally. And then uh, it, I just saw the box size and I have a, a pretty firm rule that if the larger the box is, the more interested in the game I have to be just because I find they, that often involves more work, more pieces, more components. I'm staring at the giant anachrony box behind your head. And at least that's a good game, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's so, so I think I just, I wasn't, while I was interested in the game, I wasn't interested in enough compared to the box size, but recently uh, between yourself, between uh, board game ramblings, between a whole bunch of channels recently, I've just seen it talked about more and more. And I, I mean, it didn't just land, but it's it's being talked about. And now yeah, I'm suddenly interested again. Yeah, it's 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 almost like it's doing it's taking the train game and it turns it on its head a little bit because I was explaining to my wife why I wanted to play it with her. Um, of you know, there's that moment in any kind of you know train game, things have to connect. Like yes, it's a train. That's how trains work. And there's, you know, those moments where like, oh, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't connect. I can't do it. Yet with this game, because it's spells and steam, it is magic. It's like, you know what? Screw that. Magic. Skip. And it's just something 
for someone who's looking for something a little bit lighter but still strategic because you're still building an engine Hun. Yeah. um but a very interesting engine with lots of choices like every time as you build it up you get to choose you know oh, I, i'm not gonna do this one i'm just gonna skip that part i'm gonna do this one instead or you know i'm gonna skip a whole step of this train that i'm on of my engine because you have to go sequentially unless you use magic and then you skip i so far i find it really satisfying um you know to to be determined at a few more plays if, it, if it's worth the the price tag it, it's 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 a you get a deluxe even when you get the base you're getting kind of deluxe yeah so i'm less worried about price tag because of the fact that i i sell and trade my games like this very often you lose something along the way but if you get a few games out of it and you lose that ten dollars in the rotation or whatever it is i don't mind prices quite as much as much as i hold i don't mind i don't like holding on to games i'm not playing that's a different story entirely but i mean the concept of magic and trains you have me interested i mean I will say this is I've noticed this is a trend whenever I do hop on, you know, videos or podcasts with other people and talk about games. I usually walk away with a few uh, things that I want to get my hands on. Yeah, yeah it was right right now. I'm definitely high on my, my, my initial opinion, uh, my initial thoughts and then doubly high because um, my wife and I play a lot of co-op games or if we're playing competitive, we lean more towards ones where it's a uh, uh, more Euro games where they're a little closer to multiplayer solitaire. Like maybe we're going to mess with each other a little bit, but mm -hmm. I'm not ruining her plan. Like I'm not, Ooh, I could do something for me or I could totally destroy you, Alex. I'm going to destroy. Yeah. Um, but what this one has is when you, with the expansion with the AI, it's set up to where you can play co-op team mode and have a couple of AIs out there, which I am totally intrigued by. I don't know how it works. Uh, Michael at one stop, he mentioned it to me. As something that's possible i was like really well, that's cool i have to try that it sounds so, intriguing i like co-op games yeah so so anyway, so that one's uh on my table so I'm not, I'm not really playing it so much as i'm just kind of learning it and then i've been playing a lot of and it's possible the new stuff's going to show up while we're talking a lot of kingdom rush mm -hmm. i have the um then you say the new stuff do you mean what i think you mean for those of us who are just just uh listing we're getting stuff Yes, and this. Oh, you got by the, the new way, stuff. It showed up. It showed. I haven't even opened it. I grabbed it and headed downstairs to make it to this call. So I'll go ahead and open this while we continue to talk. Yeah. So that, that's what I've been. I'm just. That's supposed to be here today. So I'm waiting for the the, the new stuff. Like I mean, I went. I, I went big time on this. I even painted my minis in this thing. Impressive. Like, yeah, I've not. I need to paint. I mean, time is always an issue. But I mean, if you look closely at them, it's not impressive. But from a distance, it's impressive. So I got you know my. For those of you listening, I'm just holding up various polyamino tiles with different shapes i'm still halfway through the video of how to do that but yeah kingdom rush elemental kingdom rush for me i don't know if i know your opinion of it i mean clearly you like it but uh kingdom rush for me was a game that i was very hyped about and i was expecting to be disappointed because i didn't think they'd be able to do it a cooperative polyamino game to me is almost inherently a problem because if it's too easy there's not a game and if it's too hard i mean how do you make how do you like tighten that balance perfectly and honestly i know a lot of people complained about the difficulty i thought the difficulty was excellent i thought it was a challenge but it felt rewarding to win but it wasn't easy and it wasn't too hard for me and so i reached out to them when i heard they're doing the uh elemental uprising and i was like hey i love your game i want more of it let me cover your game for your kickstarter uh so they they reached they they, they sent me the whole bunch of stuff and and i'm excited yeah, I uh, no, I, I really liked it. I was super pleasantly surprised by it. It finished as a, it was number three on my my, my games of the year, but my number one co-op game. Ooh, I haven't done my games of the year yet. 
I need to do that one. I haven't done my games of 2020 yet. Hey, but you better yeah. hurry because if you hit February, everyone's going to think you're going to do your, no, your top games of 2021, and that's going to be embarrassing. The more time I get, the more I can like get a few in. There's there's actually one right now that I want to get another play in before I finalize my list. Uh, it's going to be uh, Whistle Mountain. Whistle Mountain is one that I got one play in. I kind of want to get a few more in because I don't feel right putting it in my top games of 2020 with only one play. But it might it might hit it. We'll see. Yeah, I did a um, I mean I did mine in uh, uh November my just like my, my my nominees and then i had a, in december this is the final order as i went back and played them all again but i just did a hard cut off i was like you know what yep. if it was in my hands by november 15th it counts anything that's still fulfilling or is just coming out it can be next year so like dwellings of eldervale is in my potentials for next year i know everyone everyone loves dwellings of eldervale except except for Silver except me except me oh and you oh wait so wrong about games don't like it either uh, they thought, that, yeah, they, they talked about how they, they thought it was fine. Um, and, and, well, and that's a fair distinction. I don't think it's bad. I think it's fine. It's just in that genre of area control, there are games I love and there are games that are good. Dwellings to me was a good game that I wouldn't turn down, but I want to keep the ones I love. Yeah. Um, so now, now there's two people. Um, yeah. And I, I got to play it uh, at a con, local con, because Luke Laurie is a local guy to me. Yeah. So, you know, I played, I played it once, max player count with an early prototype with um, all of us slightly sauced, uh, <laughs> being taught taught by Luke, also slightly sauced at the time. Uh, it's the only time I've forgotten to play. So like that that one, you know, I, a lot of people say, well, how come that was not on your list? Because I haven't played it yet. Like that's there. Um, yep. And Whistle Mountain is his. Yeah. Whistle Mountain is also Luke Laurie. Yep. 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 I haven't tried that one. Under Falling, Sky, Under Falling Skies, which people are really high on. I liked it, but uh, I didn't get that. Spoiler alert. Under Falling Skies, I'm pretty sure is my number one for 2020. I haven't done my list Ooh. officially, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, so, but that one didn't, I mean, that one had just kind of was starting to go out to people right around that. They say, you know what, I don't have it yet. Yeah. Next year. And your number one was Court of Miracles, right? Or was it a tie? Oh, it was a tie. Yeah. It was Court of Miracles and something else. And uh, Guildmaster. Guildmaster, nice. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, boy, the man, two games that shocked crap out of me. Did not think I was going to care. I legitimately got Court of Miracles. I was like, oh, that's a cool looking board. So I, I mean, I got my hands on Court of Miracles because of that video. I was like, I mean, I know you liked it, but number one game of the year, I'll, I'll try it. I'll figure out what's going on here. But yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I, I told like the fact that, and I am not a designer, the fact that I took the time and figured out a way to put bots in the game because I wanted to play it that much. <laughs> like that has, has to Counts be for something. Yeah. You know, cause I was talking to some of the people saying, well, you shouldn't put it up there cause you did something. And I'm like, not officially I didn't, but I'm also looking at, I did something on it because I really wanted to play it and I couldn't. I didn't have people. And like I said, with Guildmaster, if I was smart enough to take a solo AI for that, I would do it. But I am not because that is hard. Yes, I'll be very curious to see what you, what you think about Quarter Miracles. I will say it's a very different game once you have at least three factions playing. Interesting. Like, you know, it's playing two one-on-one is fine. It's, it's interesting. I enjoy it. But when you get a third, fourth, fifth, that's when that game. Nice. Know, I, and I've been holding off to a third player because I checked the BGG rankings of what it's best with. And there does seem to be a big gap between two and then three and four. Um, so I've been holding off till I can get a three player game in. But I, I do. It's on my it's not on my mantle anymore. I moved it. I moved it somewhere. But I, I want to play it. Yeah, it's a, you know, because it's like any area control. It's a very light area control. But any area control game, like you, you really want to play Lords of Hellas with two. Or if you want to play Lords of Hellas at all, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I have it on myself. I want to play it. I haven't gotten it to the table yet. Yeah. 
you know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's a, it's hard to really feel area control with only two, but anyhow, yeah. we are so far afield of what we were supposed to be talking about. It's amazing. Kingdom rush spells seem that's what's on my table and what I'm playing right now, but let's actually talk about what we came to talk about. So uh, everybody watching and listening, we've settled on in a big old air quotes here, the cult of the new, yeah. which is a very catchy phrase. And first question is, what does that even mean? What does cult of the new mean? So to me, to me, cult of the new just means the premise that you are always so caught up in the new stuff that you never allow yourself to enjoy the old stuff or even the stuff that is new today becomes old. And like today, we're talking about Court of Miracles and Kingdom Rush and Imperial Spells with Steam. And are we still playing those games that we love three years from now? Or are we caught up in this game and that game and Kingdom Rush Elemental Uprising and who knows what? To me, cult of the new is the premise and the idea that you are too busy enjoying the hype that you're not busy enjoying the games you love. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that that's right on because, you know, as we've been thinking about this, I've been, you know, looking through the stuff that I have and going through my little game tracker app. I'm like, well, what was I actually playing? And it made me feel good that um, I did a little video on the, the games that got played by me the most last year. And one of those was Sentinels of the Multiverse. That's that not is, a new game. No, that is an old game. And I'm not even talking about the app. Like, I didn't even count the times I played it on the app. Just yep. literally had the cards out on the table. But, yeah, it's it's so easy to get blinded. I look at it as kind of being blinded by by, by the Shinies. And Kickstarter, yeah. and I guess now GameFound. It's shiny. <laughs> hugely to blame for this. Like, I just did a review of um, Sulkin. Horrible timing. I, that came out two days before oh my gosh before daniel tassini yeah mm-hmm. like but if you want even better timing i did a video with a board with board game coffee and in that video we talked about the t-series and what's coming next and like what else are you excited about and that video only went up today we filmed it last week it went up after and i got a comment saying uh you know hey that not probably won't be another t game like you guys are suggesting there will be and i was like I forgot we talked about that because it wasn't a big deal a week ago. Yeah, the, the next tea game is try to forget we covered this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, – but even that, like, one, it's got – the actually, the, the written article has a lot of views, which is interesting. Yep. The written, written stuff has bizarrely high views on things that I can never, ever guess. There is one – so for perspective, written articles, when they get posted on Geek HQ, which is where all my written stuff goes, yeah. Um, Usually we'll get in a month three to seven thousand hits, somewhere in there. There's this game earlier this summer, a Kickstarter game called Kleos, uh, area control, Greek mythology. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, very cool game, very cool game, and it did 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 funded and a bit over. Yep. Did, did did okay for a first time publisher on Kickstarter. Twenty thousand views each month. 20, That's pretty solid. Thousand. I'm like what why <laughs> yeah like like well, what is it what, what was so special about this but so you know written articles aside the the video you know it just and i knew it wasn't going to do well but i didn't think it was going to do that well but yet no one no one really cares and then as you look at it like the mechanics of it and i and i even said this when we made a post about you know the tashini instance so, you know the quality of design and the quality of mechanics is not in question Mm-hmm. And and it's not. It is it, that game does I think time powered worker placement right. 
like you know what what pendulum was trying to do in so many ways but it's not exciting to look at it like the gears are cool but then you got a bunch of cubes and a bunch of cylinders and no one really cares you know like i feel like if that was on kickstarter today people would be freaking out that there's no minis I mean, so Tolkien was a big deal. I mean, this goes back to Colton New. Tolkien was a huge deal when it first came out. I think it was 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, but Tolkien, it was like everyone was talking about it. Everyone is hyped about the gears. And it still holds up. I mean, eight years later, it is still well-loved. It hasn't been forgotten to time, but it's also not going to receive the amount of hype and buzz that something new will. And I, I think I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't think, I, I don't think like Gladiator. Gladiator is one of my favorite movies of all time. But no one's talking about it because it's a really old movie, but it still holds up. I think in general, in any industry, in music, in books, in movies, TV shows, board games, just like any other media, there will be things that hold up over time and things that survive the aging out. Um, I'm always more fascinated by the things that were good, but somehow didn't make it. Because like that's interesting. Games that are bad that don't make it, that makes sense. Games that are good that we still talk about is, yeah, makes sense. Or games that are bad and do make it. That's always don't make sense. Those don't make sense at all. But but yeah, I mean, I think, I think yeah, it's definitely, Tolkien is an older game. It, it holds up. Yeah, uh, just uh, riffing, what, what, what's the uh, first game to your mind that's a good game but never didn't really make it? Ooh, uh, I mean, I can't remember because it didn't really make it. Um, I will come back to that when I think of something. A good game uh-huh. that didn't make it. Um, I'm going to turn around and look behind me. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, I'm thinking as well. Because I, mean, I think they are the exception, but like, what is a game that is criminally underrated? And let's not get into discussion whether a game can be underrated. Yeah. Oh, um, I definitely think it can. Heck, I, I would say Quarter Miracles, not by oh. me. It's perfectly rated by me. Um, <laughs> and with Guildmaster. But here's one that was actually right behind me that I think mm-hmm. is a fantastic, fun deck building game. No one plays it. Ah. Battle for Greyport. Well, I don't think I've ever. That's in the Red Dragon in universe. Yep, which is yeah. fun, and it's interesting. I actually did a, an interview with uh, uh, Jeff Mara of Slugfest, mm-hmm. and, and we we talked about it a little bit. And you know, there's all who tons of reasons why you know bad timing. Like they came out at the same time, like the Harry Potter deck builder did. Sure. Like, good luck being noticed that. But the big thing that's interesting to me is they biffed on their balancing. That game came out, and you could not win. Interesting. Like, it's cooperative. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. And you just was unwinnable and they they released some erratas and stuff later and they fixed it and then they did one expansion they had new rule books and stuff and that was all great but like and uh i played another game recently that did the same thing that it just was so hard like i mean i don't mind losing but like you want to feel like you could win too (laughs) i've always had a good cooperative game has to feel like when you win you could have lost and when you lose you could have won right right yeah yeah you know there's always the outliers like you do something stupid that's fine Sure, but yeah, I just remember playing like it, the, it has a it had a tutorial mission, and people couldn't win the tutorial, mm-hmm. and so you know that that kind of stuff. But so that's the first one that comes to my mind. Good game, no one cares. For me, I think I'll pick a game called, and it's it's a kids game. I mean, there's another game I could pick for adults too. Like so, let's go with the kid. The kids game first is going to be a game called Leo the Lion, and it's a little cooperative uh, cooperative memory based game that. Is great for children that no one like it doesn't no one cares about it. it's not doesn't not into any hobble line of whatever but it's one that i always have to like teach people about and everyone who's played it has it's again it's a family kids-based game but everyone who's played it in that genre has enjoyed it and it just doesn't really get talked about at all and then for adult games i think i'm gonna pick v commandos which is a game that people know about it's a game people like 
but in terms of their general distribution and awareness of the game, I think it's completely out of proportion to how good a game it is. Uh, they, they do have Assassin's Creed, which went to Kickstarter, which is a re-implementation of that game, though. Oh, I didn't realize that, that's, that was a re-implementation. Yeah, V Commandos, that's one that I, I've almost gotten. Almost gotten times. as close. Yeah, like many, many times. It might be probably hard to find now. So I think they're coming out with a new Kickstarter and new expansions and new whatever at some point. But they, and then that could, it could be just, they, I mean, I don't think they didn't have a Kickstarter only distribution. They had a retail distribution. It, just, it never really made us past its core group of people. Time to reach out to them to cover it, right? Yeah. Oh no, I already did. Oh, I, I already reached out to them. Are you kidding me? I heard it's coming to Kickstarter. As soon as I heard, I was like, Hey, I love your game. Uh, please send me stuff so I can cover your game. Yeah, yeah. You dressed up as one of the characters and sent a video. That's the part. Of I don't want to come do. on too strong, but yeah. No, no, I reached out. I mean, I th- I'm not sure what they actually, what their full plans are. I know they're sending me some of the miniatures because they're going to have like a miniature pack to upgrade the game. I don't know if they're sending me the new content for the game. So we'll see. We'll see what actually happens. But either way, I hope it as well. I, I love that game. Now we're talking about old games. So this is an interesting question because we were talking about it. Like what makes a game old versus ancient? Because yeah, to the truth be told, I mean, ancient Monopoly, right? Sure. But in, you know, more reasonable modern parlance, you know, Sulkin is almost ancient now. Sulkin is ancient. Like that like is 2012? Not even 10 years. Not even 10 years. So everything's relative. I mean, and, and I think it's going to depend. I think perspective is going to depend on whether you were around when that game came out. Meaning, what I mean by that is let's say you were around when the game came out. If I was a gamer when a game came out, I think five to six years, somewhere in that range. Like once you start thinking of game, games that came out in 2015, I mean, what's a game that came out in 2015? Like uh, any ideas offhand? I don't even know. Uh, when did Spirit Island come out? Was that 2016? Probably, probably around then. You know, it's funny because yeah. I think about like, you know what? I, I would almost say Gloomhaven's old. I, you know, yeah, Gloomhaven's that's old. what I'm saying. That's an old game. Yeah. And so like, I think when, when you've been around when the game came out, I think it's five to six years. If you join the hobby and you're talking about games that were around before you joined the hobby, I think it's only even two, three years. Like if you join the hobby today for the first time, then I think even something that came out in 2019 is because it's no longer in the the parlance, it's no longer being shown, talk about to the degree that the new stuff is. I think already that will get viewed as ancient to a degree if you weren't around. Because like, I mean, something that came out, what's a game that came out in 2019? Uh, Wingspan. Wingspan came out in 2019. So that's really? a game that I, yeah, that's it. But like, that's right. the thing. That's right. It won every single award last year. That's right. And so because it's still so recent and because we were around when it came out in 2019, we still view it as a new game. It hasn't managed to migrate past. But if someone joined the hobby today, I think Wingspan would be an old game. It's not the well, thing everyone's I, talking know, about. I don't want to say, God, I think of it as an old game now. Um, <laughs> but but two, seconds ago, two seconds ago, you said about. that's it. Yeah. So it goes both ways. Sure, it's an old game. But also, I said 2019, you're like, that's it? You thought it had been, oh, no, you're right. I guess you said you thought it was an older game. That's yeah. a good point. You did. Yeah, and I think it's it's got to be because I just have heard about it so much. It's it's number like what three on board? No, so I think it's number one family game. It's high on board game. I don't remember what it is, but it's the number one family game on board game geek. It's it's somewhere in the top twenty or something like that of all time, which is a pretty notable achievement for a game that came out in twenty nineteen. Um, I think it might be the highest game if you're combining like newness and ranking. I think it's like one of the highest up there. But yeah, we we were so focused on the number. I mean. What is, how many games come out a year? How many games that are, forget how many games, that's a lot. How many games that, are, that we talk about come out a year? Like 400, 500? It's like a yeah. decent amount. And so if, for things to filter down in two years, you're already a thousand games into the future. That's insane. 
like the number of things to keep track of. Uh, and, and even before I became a content creator, I was heavily involved. I was always keeping track. Do I want to get this one? Do I want to get that one? And content creator has made the problem worse. But even before then, it's, it, I, I like games. And so things, things become old quickly. Yeah, so talking about content creation, is this kind of our fault a little bit? It depends. Chicken and egg. Chicken and egg. The question is, why, why do we talk about new games more? Is it because we're more excited about new games or is it because those are the things that get attention? So, and if it gets attention, are we, is it our fault? Or is it the audience's fault? Is it the, the ecosystem's fault? Are we enablers? Like where, where, where does the blame lie? Because like something that's interesting is like you talked about uh, recording, you talked about you, you have an app that you record your plays and looking at your stuff. If you look at your top 10 most played games, how many of them are new games? Well, I've only been recording them for the past year. I didn't bother sure. before. In the um, past year, how many of them are yeah. games that were from 2020, from your most played games? From 2020, I think five of them were from 2020. One of them was uh, uh, from earlier, but had an expansion kind of refresher, which is why I was playing it again a lot. But I, I think five. five so then I take it back. It is so I take it back. It is your fault. <laughs> Meaning, so, so what I mean by that is, is when I look at my own top ten most played games, uh, the the or even more than that. If I go down to my top twenty, no, if I go down to top twenty, I have Kingdom Rush in there. If I go into my top ten, I have nothing from twenty twenty that is in my top ten most played games. But I'm not going to talk about them as much because it's not getting the views. So meaning, and I still do talk with them. I have, I've actually just started recently doing a, a series of reviews where I go through some of my older favorites that, that I love, that I enjoy, that I still own and whatnot. But it, it certainly is less popular content than talking about whatever's on Kickstarter this month. Uh, so, so for me, I play a lot of new games, don't get me wrong. But I go back to my older games and more. I go back to, to Blood Rage. I go back to Spirit Island. I go back to Terraforming Mars. I go back to Cthulhu Death May Die. And those aren't necessarily old games, but they're not 2020. And they're the ones I play the most. I, I do think, um, uh, one, yes, it is my fault. Uh, though I will be curious as I go, as I keep tracking the next mm -hmm. couple of years, how, how that shift, that, that it kind of trickles down and, and, and sure. breaks away. You know, which of those games that I played the most in 2020 am I still going to be wanting to play over and over again? Like one of them was yeah. a, a King King's Dilemma. We're oh, going to finish it. Yeah. yeah. I'm never going to play it again. Makes sense. You know. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll be curious, you know, uh, three, four years from now, um, how, how that, 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 that shapes out and which, you know, which games are still going to be there. And uh, like guaranteed red dragon Inn is going to be on that list nice we play that a lot when we have people because you know quick easy bust it out so and that's one thing you know, that's for me that's a game that just you know just keeps on giving i will keep playing that and you know is it ever going to be on my top game of all time probably not will it be on my top most played games of all time probably yeah, my top most played games, my top games only have like 50-50 overlap. Like there's definitely is overlap, but my games that are accessible and easy to get to the table and see play more often are not the same as my favorite games of all time, especially in terms of just the sheer like Blood Rage is a game that takes four hours to play. Well, not four hours. That's not true. It takes two and a half, three hours to play. That's a solid chunk of time. Like four hours. It's okay. You can say it. It, it's a it well, it'd be oh my gosh, I love Blood Rage, don't get me started, but yeah, it, it, it's I don't think I've only played it like four or five times in 2020. 
versus a game like, I don't know, Terraforming Mars, I managed to play significantly more. Um, or yeah, it, it definitely is overlap, but not a complete matchup. Yeah, and then there's also, you know, there's the, the COVID-ness that's, that's messed with it because I can, yep. gar- I can guarantee you if COVID hadn't happened, Kushi Express would have been in my top 10 most played games of the year. I've no never question. heard of that one. Oh my gosh. It's this tiny, I guess probably not it's tiny. rare that I haven't heard of a game. Yeah, it's a, a Korean, I, people who are watching are like, I'm so tired of talking about this game. Um, for my money, it is the most fun dexterity game you will ever find. It is from a Korean publisher, Mandu Games. And hold on, wait, do I see it? Is it? Yeah, this is actually a new copy of it because I had to order from the publisher a case of six because everybody wanted one that I played it with. Um, but it is a game about making meat skewers. Interesting. And you get a card and everyone has their pepper, their tomato, and their bacon strips. And the card tells you what to make and it's a race to make it. That's so interesting. I'll be looking into it now. And it is, it's hard, it's hard to find. It is hard to get a hold of. Um, but I, so uh, some friends of mine were over, I was helping them make some stuff for their Kickstarter. Uh, they were doing some how to play videos for a game called uh, Omicron Protocol, which funded its delivering soonish, hopefully. Okay. And I said, okay, guys, you know, you came, you need to use my camera and all that stuff. It's great. I got to review this thing. Let's do it. And we, we pulled it out. And uh, Bernie, one of the designers, though, he was looking at it, and it's like a four-page rule book. And he finished, he goes, huh. <laughs> like, huh, what? He's like, this is either the greatest game design in the history of the world or the stupidest yeah. thing we've ever played. Okay. And, but you so like we it. Jumped, and we jumped in and we started playing it. And what's assigned to me that I knew there were some of the errors when we finished, because it's you don't know when the game ends exactly. Somewhere in the stack of cards in the bottom, like, five cards, there's a card that gets shuffled and it says, the end. Or close. Cool. Okay. And when it came up, the whole table went, oh. Like, That's awesome. And it's a 10-minute game. So we can play again. But, you know, it's just one of those things. So, like, that, if I could see people, like, I would take that into school. And at lunchtime, we would meet some of the other teachers. We would play that. Um, so, like, that would guaranteed be in my top 10 most played games. Most played games, except for the fact COVID changes everything. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's not the, it's not the most brilliant design in the world. But you don't have to be a brilliant designer. You just have to. You have to be fun. That's all you have to be. Yeah, and yeah, you know, and the other thing I always tell, tell people, the other one that they sent me that I haven't gotten to play because of COVID. That's coconuts, right? Or is it something yeah, different? Co- cocoa banana. It involves shielding your head with a coconut before someone else can hit you with a stuffed banana. Oh, that's that's every game I've ever wanted to play. Right. So apparently, at Essen two years ago, uh, they were just giving out the bananas, and so people mm-hmm. were just walking around Essen with these stuffed bananas. Everyone's like, "What is going on?" But Again, sounds fun. Never played it. But what were we even talking about? Oh, Cult of the New. <laughs> uh, so those are two older games now that I think, um, yeah, you know, but it's, it's just, it's the fun factor, I think. That's what's going to make them come back for me, the old stuff. It's not, sure. you know, the brilliant design game. Like, because there's going to be another brilliant design that's going to be new and is going to be blinged out with, like, well, like Dwellings of Eldervale, mini- miniatures that actually roar. <laughs> you know, like. so, so I think all of this comes back to that question of, of, is it our fault? Like what contributing, what are we contributing to? And I think, I think there's room for a content creator or whether, whether it's a dedicated channel or just having sections. Like, like for instance, I like the fact that I'm doing reviews of older stuff now. And I, I hope to make it a continued thing. It's not going to be the only thing I do because it doesn't do as well. But I like the idea of 
once a week, once every two weeks, reviewing an older game. When you just reviewed Sulkin, I think that's great. Bring new eyes, bring fresh eyes, something. But I would, I would also say, to a certain extent, it's also the publisher's fault. And and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just it's the nature of the the churning economy of anything. In our case, board games. Like I know someone who's talking about how a publisher wanted them to review. You know, let's take a better example. Do you know how I have Under Falling Skies? I have Under Falling Skies because I reached out to CG and said, hey, I'd love to review Through the Ages Leaders and Alliances, an expansion for Through the Ages. And they said, oh, I mean, we can send you that, but can you send, can you do Under Falling Skies instead or as well as? And I was like, sure. I looked into it first. I like to make sure a game is a match before I review it. But I looked into it. I was like, that looks intriguing. It looks good art, good puzzle, good whatever. Like, oh, sure, I'm happy to review it. But so like, that's a case of them pushing their newer stuff because that's what they're printing. And I know people who've talked about how publishers won't send out older copies of older games because they're not doing print runs. They're just getting rid of their older stock of whatever. So evergreens to a certain extent, sure. But past that, there is a constant rotation of, of the games because that's how publishers make money. That's what they want to enter the, the, the ecosystem, the sphere. That's what people are looking to buy. I mean, for every new game, for every older game I play, and there are older games. And like today, we talked about, uh, before the call started, we briefly talked about campaign games and how I have too many of those. If they stopped making games today, if they just shut it off, no more new games, I think I'd be covered. I think I would have enough games in this general ecosystem that I could play them all. Well, but you have be... one copy of Gloomhaven. You That's can enough. play that to completion. That's all I need. Yeah. But but I think I think I'd be sad because to me gaming is not just about what I love. It's also a process of exploration. It's also a journey of finding that new thing that pushes the right buttons. Now I'm sad either way. I'm sad about the games that I love that I'm not playing, and I'm sad about the games that I that are new that I'm not getting. It's it's I definitely want everything and time is a relevant factor. But I I think it's it's a general I think it's everyone's fault. We're all contributing to this cycle, but we're also getting new games. Like what what is what is your favorite game that came out in 2020? Oh, Quarter Miracles. Quarter Miracles. We got this. Yeah, so, Quarter Miracles Guildmaster. Yeah. If Quarter Miracles didn't exist, would you be sad about it? I would. Well, I wouldn't know because it wouldn't exist. But uh, but yeah, I, I would be. I would legitimately be bummed. And so I feel that way about any number of games, including the Kingdom Rush. Kingdom Rush, I'm really enjoying the puzzle of it. And so if if we pick a new game, a new discovery, and we say, well, that's just never entered our collections there's a degree of loss attached to that that's why i seek out these new things because whatever my favorite game is at one point it was a game i hadn't played it was a game that i didn't know about and then i sought it out i got it and now it's among my favorite games it's just a it's a constant journey it is wonderful i think as uh kickstarter and crowdfunding has been for the the industry i certainly that's how i discovered it really It's also, I think, perpetuated this because there's so much of, I think, the crowdfunding is that experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many people get so invested in unlocking those stretch goals and so invested in championing this game that they have discovered. And if it's like a, you know, Awakened Realms game with 50,000 other people. Um, no, no, no. Forget Awakened Realms. Uh, head on over to Primal. Back Primal is a freaking good game. Just telling you. I'm really torn. Everybody, I'm torn. Anybody, if you remember, make a comment on this and ask me if I broke down and backed Primal in the comments. Because it's hard. Um, I, what my saving grace on that is, is can I put it somewhere? Because you're seeing this anachrony box here which is taking up pretty much a whole shelf. I don't understand the question at all. If I can see your screen properly, it looks like there's a good two, three feet above the anachrony box. That is plenty of space. 
Well, but I can't just you know, I gotta be able to get to the anachrony box. Yeah, not if not if you have primal on top of it, you don't. <laughs> wow, shots fired, mine. So Board Game Co. will now never review anything from Mind Clash games. Uh, I I need to play my Mind Clash games. Speaking of cult of the new and cult of the old, I have anachrony sitting on my shelf. I I was strong. I resisted backing the latest Kickstarter that box you're looking at because I was like, I will not allow myself to do it while I have the original unplayed on my shelf. But I need to play it. I've heard so many good things. It's just I'm late to the Mind Clash party. And so I got an acrony right before COVID. And and I know there's a solo mode, but I, I was gonna play it with my group and I read the rules. I just haven't played it. Yeah, you know, and you're you're good for a long time. Like I yeah. just released my, my review on anachrony. And you know, I, I do I don't always get fully caught up in the blinged out stuff, but the, the miniatures for anachrony are a joy. Just something about just dropping little worker in it. It's so, so I do have that. I have the exosuit back. Yeah, it's so unnecessary, but that that is so much fun. But like, I just you know, I, I've looked at the expansions and the fifty-seven modules that came with it, and the I don't know that I will ever play all of it. Like, it's just so much. Like, just I mean, I played nine, nine, nine or ten games, and no zero. It would be zero issue just to use the base game for that. Yep. Zero issue. And I would not feel like, oh, I'm starting to understand. Like I put some other stuff in so I could experience it to, you know, write and talk about it. But you're, you're, you are good. You made the right choice. Wait till someone is angry at Mind Clash and, oh. you, and then grab their box. I mean, I, I, if I would have played the game and liked it, so I have a rule. My rule is very simple when it comes to this kind of stuff, which is I insist that I be logical about things I haven't played. I allow myself all the leeway in the world about games I like. Once I like a game, I don't care. I will overpay. I will get the expansions, even though I don't play them. I'll get the blinged out stuff. I allow myself the leeway of being irrational and illogical once I like the game. Because I no longer view it as something I have to mind, be mindful of, getting my money back or this or that. At that point, it's you know it's the equivalent of going out to eat. It's money gone for something that I enjoy. Yeah, is that a stack of five zombicides behind you that I'm I am 99 percent sure that I'm getting rid of zombicide invader um but the rest of it I'm keeping yeah but, but that is that is like uh, let's say I'm saying one two three four five six seven seven, seven it's five? three full calyx cubes and that's with it condensed <laughs> yeah I have all the zombicide stuff I have zombicide season two as well coming I like zombicide a lot it's a fun able to get to the table game uh for me invader just doesn't see play because I prefer the original but like I want to give it one or two more shots but after that, uh, Invade is going to go away if it doesn't hold up. Because of the new Zombicide 2.0. So, to an extent, but keep in mind, I'm keeping Black Plague instead of Invader. I'm keeping the older one over Invader. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean... But I do have no, the new I'm one coming. There. So Fantasy it's... over sci-fi any day of the week. Yep, okay. that's it's, where I am. It's not hard. Like, I just I just sold my Clank in space. Um, not because I don't like it, but because, like... I'm always thinking, like, why didn't I get the other clank? And I like dragons more than I like space tire tyrants, or you know, whatever. Yep. So finally, I let it go, and I'm sure I will now buy the other. Get it and want it back. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I have. I have yet to do that. I have yet to sell something and then later on bought it again. I've really? Oh man, I've so I keep track. I've got. I mean, I've been in this hobby for a while, and I've gotten rid of a lot of games. But I have definitely gotten a few back. And, and I would say it's interesting. So my ratio is like from all the games I get rid of, I probably get like one in every 30 or so back. And I get rid of a lot of games. But from the ones I get back, I usually find that I was right the first time most of the time. 
but there are a handful of exceptions. Uh, I have Everdell, which is a game that I was wrong about. I have Istanbul, a game that I was wrong about. There are a handful of games that I, I got rid of, got them back, and then they are, become staples in my collection. Uh, but most of the time, I find them right. Most of the time, my initial impression was didn't like it, and there's a reason I got rid of it. Not didn't like it, didn't like it enough, and there's a reason I got rid of it. You know, I mean, we have a very – space is at a premium in this hobby. Yep. It's not like video games where it all fits on my PlayStation. You know, yeah, like, and time, time playing them. Every game, every every good game you're playing could have been a play of Anachrony, could have played a play of Under Falling Skies, could have played been a play of Court of Miracles. Every single okay game is taking up time that could have been spent on games we love more. Yeah, and especially because almost almost in all those situations, someone's that is a game that someone else is gonna love. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Except for you know some of the foolish ones that should, <laughs> no one should have. Um, and I'm not going to call anything out right now, but put down in your comments what games you think I'm talking about that are games that should not exist that everyone loves. Ooh, I don't know if I've watched your stuff to know to know what you don't. Oh, like. they, I, know they, you I, do I wouldn't like. have covered it. I, I wouldn't have. It would only be people who have watched enough of my stuff to kind of get an idea of what uh-huh. my personal tastes are. Because for the most part, my, my reviews, I don't always. I try not to let my personal taste come in too much until it's list mm-hmm. time. List time. It's all about some totally subjective. I like fantasy, so you have a better chance of winning my award if you're fantasy type thing. Um, but it's, you know, just for people, you know, enough people who have seen enough of my stuff might be able to say, "Oh, I bet he hates this game." Mostly, I want to see what people hate. It's interesting. I'm curious now. I feel like because I know the things you like, but anyways, anyways, Move, moving on with our uh, kind of cult of the new, as we make our way towards the actual game we're actually going to talk about, let's talk about retheming whether they just slap a new theme, freshen something up. And, you know, sometimes I, I guess it gets done for, you know. <laughs> like Zombicide Invader? Yeah, or, <laughs> well, you know, Zombicide Invader. And then right below that, you have Massive Darkness, which is basically no zombie. No zombie Zombicide, yep. Yeah, yeah. but it's, what, what do you think about, about rethemes? So, so what's the context of the question? I mean, what do I think about in what sense? Do I like them? Do I like the existence of a retheme? I mean, so in some ways... I'm a curmudgeon, and I think, well, why are you re- why are you retheming that? Just release the same game, just reprint it. Like you don't need to spend all you know. So, so there's gonna be a few things. Uh, I mean, any number of answers. And before we get into my answers, though, is there no game in your collection that you prefer the retheme to the original? You know, Under Falling Skies is not really a retheme. They deluxified it. That's okay. I'll I'll give you that. I'll, I'll let you call that not a retheme. So now I'm curious because I'm curious what your collection has. But so 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 going to to the answer to a degree, um, I think first of all, rethemes exist for any number of a few reasons. Uh, the first is because you can sell people something new, which is always a good reason. Uh, I mean, like Zombicide, it's going to be hard to sell Black Plague four times, but you can sell Black Plague and Green Horde and Massive Darkness and Zombicide Invader and Zombicide 2.0. That's certainly going to be one reason. And to me, usually I'll just get the whatevers and I'll keep the one I prefer the most. I'm not against them. I'm not for them. I certainly have, I mean, my favorite Zombicide is Black Plague and that's not the original. So I, I can't say I'm against rethemes if I have that. And then I think part of it as well is going to be uh, licensing. Licensing rights are a big issue. I know that uh, Forbidden Stars, which I have myself, is a retheme of StarCraft because Fantasy Flight lost the rights to StarCraft. Uh, what else is there? I'm sure there's others I can think of. Yeah, where... there's uh, some other. Fa- Maybe that's the same one. There's a, uh, or is that is that the one that that was Warhammer 40k, not StarCraft? The new, the new, the retheme is Warhammer 40k. Yes. Oh, okay. And that, and they don't have the rights to that 
anymore either. Now so. they've lost that as well, 100. Yeah. percent Forbidden Star is supposed to be like the release to StarCraft with expansions, and then they lost the rights to Warhammer. So now the next B theme will be in Terranoth or whatever, Fantasy Flight's realm. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's actually coming out. I don't want to start any rumors, but I'm saying, uh, yeah, it's. You heard like, it here first. Board Game Co. broke that. Exactly. Uh, forbidden Terranoth. So, so like, I mean, I think when that exists, when it exists for licensing rights, then it's just a conversation of, well, it's just, it, it's just a practical necessity. Uh, but I, I'm not, I, I would agree that in general, I think sticking with the original theme is better. In fact, I have uh, two copies of two games I'll be reviewing shortly, uh, plus uh, City of Spies, Asatual 1942, and Planet Ship 1941, both by the same publisher. And they wanted to clean up some mechanics and streamline the mechanics of their original game, City of Spies. And in the process, they also rethemed it to being a spaceship situation, which to me, I mean, I expect I'll like both of them. I know I love City of Spies. I expect I'll like Planet Ship 2491. But I'm curious whether the additional streamlineness that they added to the game is going to make up for the fact that, I mean, the game just makes more sense as a spy game. But again, it would be harder to resell it if you are like, once you're cleaning it up, it's, it's harder to resell. Hey, here's an entirely new game that we've streamlined some mechanics. It's here's an entirely new theme that we've streamlined some mechanics. It's a different story. Yeah, you know, interesting. I, not always. And the game we're going to talk about later is an example of when I don't think this. But in general, like because IPs, I feel like that's when it happens, usually, unless yeah, there's some kind of makes sense horrible political incorrectness somehow baked into the game. We're like, OK, no, we're we going to get rid of that and do something new. Fine. Yes, please, please do. Please do that. But I've, in general, I actually find that I'm super hesitant on IP games. Super hesitant. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so what, I'm always kind of excited. If someone takes one of those and they're going to retheme it in something original, uh, I'm always like, oh, I'm all, I'm all for it. Though I know that's not why they do it. They don't care about me. They care yeah. that they don't want to pay that licensing anymore. Or, or they, they can't. Or they just, yeah. I mean, I with, I'm with you on being very of IP games. That anytime there's an IP game, I tend to hold off for a while. Like Marvel Champions, I basically, like when it first came out, I was like, it's Marvel. It's basically just an LCG with Marvel slapped on. I'm not wasting my time with this. And I needed like, I needed like half the gaming ecosystem to say, it's my number one game this year. Before I was like, fine, I will try it. I'll give it a shot. Now I love it, by the way. Absolutely love Marvel Champions. But it, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm worried of IPs. But, but uh, I mean, get a chance to the question about retheming. It ultimately... I'm not against it. I'm not averse to it. I am very wary of it. I will say I tend to be even more frustrated with new art. New art on games is always a conversation because sometimes it's for the better, but I find somehow, and I don't know how this is a thing, somehow like 50% of the time it's worse. That's because you're getting old. Yeah, those new kids and their darned artwork with their newfangled Fanagans. Fanagans. Dang chibi art. Back in my day, heads were normal sized. <laughs> I might be old. I might actually be old. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's an interesting thing. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's definitely another part of it. It's that new edition of the game, and all they're doing is just, you know, a, a new, a better organized rule book and new art. Yeah. And kind of what, what, what is, what does that do? And oh, uh, like a, a, a descent, which I know is not descent. It's a brand yep. new thing. I, I know it's a brand new game, whatever. Legends or Heroes of Disturb, whatever it's called. The way that they have changed the art for that, people have been or were losing their dang minds. I don't know anybody that thinks it's still okay. Like nope. it's either I love it or I hate it with the fire of a thousand suns. Yeah, people people in this culture tend to have strong opinions. They don't know why. And for 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 me, I just kind of like it. I think it's kind of cool and refreshing. Um, I'm cool with it. I mean, I, I'm not a Descent fan, so I I don't have enough of an opinion. Or and to be clear. 
I haven't played Descent. I don't mean I don't like it. I mean I haven't played it. Um, and so you almost well, yeah. you almost alienated a whole bunch of people. <laughs> you have to be careful with the words you say. You're like, oh, that game, that game isn't something I like. I, I just haven't played it, is what I really mean. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's Descent is a game that I would love to get to the table. And in fact, the new version, I believe, no, they're doing it very app assisted, aren't they? I believe they're yeah. doing an app. Yeah, that's the, that's a hard pass for me. I have not I have not liked any of Fantasy Flight's app assisted games. Yeah, you know it's interesting with with Descent. That is a game that was so I was so underwhelmed. I wanted I was I got so much. I just bought a whole bunch of it a couple of years ago. Just bought a bunch because I, I was able to find some of you know on eBay like a cheap little package. Yeah. I was like yeah, you know got a great price for everything, and I was just disappointed. I was like oh yeah okay. Um, so I'm I'm actually pretty excited for 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 the new stuff. I'm not excited for the price tag on it. Um, yeah, makes sense. But. This is now way out, but I mean, I mean, it's not that way, but it, it, in some ways, that is almost like a retheme. I mean, I assume, yeah. I mean, I, I assume it's still the same core game. Just everything's been gussied up in some way, but yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, they seem to have made some changes, but I, I haven't followed that one enough to talk uh, coherently or competently on the subject. I don't talk coherently and competently about anything, so that's okay. <laughs> so, let, last thing before we actually talk about the game, we're going to talk about what is your favorite old game and your favorite really old game you can define old and really old however you want oh my gosh favorite older games so i'd have to i have a lot of i use the word favorite favorite suddenly like i have all these things i can say for older game but then suddenly the word favorite came in um el grande might be my favorite really old game i think el grande is like 1998 if i'm not mistaken i think it's pretty I'll old tell you what i was doing in 1998 El Grande. See, Acquire is one I finally got rid of recently. It's a very solid game. That's like 1970. Uh, but Acquire, I finally got rid of because I realized as much as I enjoy it, I prefer other economic games to it. Uh, and so I want to say El Grande is probably my favorite really, really old game. I'm going to call anything before 2000 really, really old. That's That feels like a safe bet. Um, past that, Tigris and Euphrates, that also might be before 2000. I don't know. So my favorite old game, maybe Mage Knight? That could, I could see Mage Knight being my favorite old game. That's 2012? or earlier i don't know it's uh, i mean it's I don't know. old enough that it's that's kind of ubiquitous on people's yeah list of greatest games or ever. also through the ages is pretty old if you count it as being a fan of the original and i i was a fan back when it was the original i now upgraded to through the ages a new story civilization but i was i had it in my collection and played it when it was the original game so i can call that my favorite old game too there's a few favorites out there but like lots of yeah i think through the ages mage knight and el grande let's go with those three those sound like solid choices yeah, so it's interesting since I actually am much more recently into the hobby than you are. Um, so I'm going to go... When did you join? Um, well, I just started doing reviews like under two years ago. Sure, but when um, did you join the hobby? Uh, probably two years before that. So like 2015, 2016? Yeah. I can't do math. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm in since 2012. 2012 was the year I joined the hobby. Yeah, you know, that's like dog years though. 2012 was a good year in games. It was a good year. So, I mean, so with that in mind, I'm trying to think through games that, you know, older ones that might call me, but Mysterium is one of the games that got me into the hobby. Love that game, but that's not that old. That's probably it's 2014, 20, 2015. Yeah, somewhere there. That was a solid game. I got rid of that one not because I didn't like it, but because no one I played with liked it. And oh. so it, it's it's not a game that hit the table, but I really, I fought for that game hard and I just gave up. Yeah, that, that, well, that's one that comes out almost every almost every Halloween without fail. Oh, if it's such a good game. More times. Um, so there's that one, and then I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Euphoria, but that's not even that's like 20 
16. That's even more no, recent. No, Euphoria's got to be older than that. Is it? I don't know. Have I just lost track of time? Is that what's going on? Let me pull up my phone while you keep going. Yeah, while, while I keep babbling. Yeah, you can, you can tell me. But I am a big... I, I like that game. And it's weird. A lot of people I know are just not nearly as high on as I am. But I think as a medium-light game, it's a good one. I'm going to say 2014. I'm going to say 2014, now that you're looking. Now that you're looking? Okay, well, let's find out. Apparently, I'm finding that if you type in Euphoria game, you get some sort of other game that is not a board game. Let's try board game. Euphoria, build a better dystopia, is in 2013. Close. Oh, Close. Okay, that's old. That's but old. I'm going to toss out a per- one that's a perennial classic for people who don't play games, but it's probably my wife's favorite. Mm-hmm. Ticket to Ride. That is uh, that's a solidly old game. That's been around I mean, for a while. That's got a, that's not pre 2000. No, no, not that old. Like what, 2008 maybe? Uh, I mean, I could pull it up. I, I would guess 2005, but I could be wrong. It's been around for a while. Let's find out. And uh, uh, and the thing with that, while well, you look at that, really, you know, 2004. Jeez. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, so that's an ancient game. I did it. Ancient. Ancient. It counts. I mean, because you know, I'm still even talking about just the original. So that's like. 50 versions ago so yeah that, you know. they have milked that cow for for quite a few games almost i mean pandemic and like ticket to ride like those are like two genres that just keep on giving yeah i can't uh gosh alan moon he he probably hasn't had to work in years <laughs> um, that makes sense you hit the classics i mean i think board games are like any other industry in that sense the people who become the real names can can do something with it and then most of the other people are doing it as a side gig and this and that and trying to make it work and but yeah i love moon like in ticket to ride has sold a lot of games and mostly it's because you know i can play with my wife but i can play with my wife i can play with just kind of a hanging out with other gamers in air quotes yeah you know we can play that and have a good time i can play it with my mom <laughs> which to me i'm like okay if you are a game that i can play with my mom my nerd gamer friends, my wife, and Joe on the street, then you've done something impressive. Yeah. You know? Ticket to Ride. I remember, I remember back when I first got into the hobby, I had a full shelf devoted to Ticket to Ride. And then as time went on, I realized I, I don't need all the Ticket to Rides. And I started getting rid of most of them. But it, it, Ticket to Ride is – at one point, I had a full – not a Calyx shelf because I had like long shelves back then. But I had a full, like, I had everything. I took it to ride. Oh, Africa came out. Look at Africa. Oh, United Kingdom came out. Let's get United Kingdom. I just like, stacked up every single new one. Yeah. And um, I did. do you have any of them left? Um, just Nordic. Actually, no, I have. I also have First Journey for my kids. There you go. See? And, and so you still got it. So, I mean, again, like, the fact that you had, you you did the full-on cull. Yeah. And it, one of them scale. made it to your Kalax. That is a yeah. game. Um, but... Everyone's been waiting for it, and I know we're actually starting to come up on our time for you. We're talking about, speaking of old games, and we talked about the retheming because there's a rumor that it is getting a retheme as an Arkham game. Battlestar Galactica is what we're talking about today. So, and did, did I only saw a screenshot that someone took of a tweet of someone saying, I am in beta testing for this, and I am testing this out. That's all I know. That's fascinating. So, I, I mean, I know Battlestar Galactica. I played it quite a bit when I first had it. Um, it's a game I moved on from. We can talk about why. But it's it's one I, haven't, I hadn't heard the rumor. But I'm wondering, is, like, is that re-theme? Is like, did they lose the rights for Battlestar Galactica? Is that why they're re-theming it? I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've heard people say enough that they don't have the rights to that anymore, which seems like the fancy flight thing to do is to not have rights to stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, so that, I've heard that enough times. That I have to assume it's 
has because to be I mean, I can't imagine why they'd want to retheme it. Reboot of the series as well. Of Battlestar Galactica, like the full series? What do you mean? Oh, you're saying Battlestar Galactica is rebooting the series? Yeah, I, I've heard rumors that they're doing a reboot of the series. And so if that's true, then I can't imagine they would let the rights out for a reprint of the old game. Gotcha. Do stuff. But again, that's all supposition. Yeah, because I mean, Ar- Arkham is a good theme. I just, I, I, maybe the success of Arkham Horror, the card game, is enough for them to try that. But I mean, Battlestar Galactica is a theme. That is, talk about a theme that matches the game. That was solid. Yeah, I can only assume that the, well, I mean, because it's Arkham's all Cthulhu, yes? Yes. Right? So, I mean, Cthulhu's free. Um, yeah, but if, if we're playing, I mean, there's no genre in which you're wondering if I'm Cthulhu. <laughs> like, wait a second, are you Cthulhu? Because I don't see those tentacles under that face mask over there. Well, I would I would assume <laughs> I would assume the idea is are, are you a cultist or not? But but I am going to start asking people now. You take off your red hooded cloak and tell me if you're a cultist. Yes, um, but yeah. So I, I I don't know. But yeah, I I think I mean I think that's part of why I liked the original BSGs because like that is one of the first games that I played that really felt like they nailed theme. They absolutely nailed it. I mean, the, the BSG is not a game I ever got rid of because the game itself wasn't good. It, it was an incredible experience, an incredible game. Uh, for me, I got rid of it over time because I found that as good as the game was, it took like 50 minutes to teach new players. And it was hard to get new people into the game. And so once we, once once our core group exhausted it to an extent, meaning we played it and then like people shifted around, we had new people. It's a game I never brought out when teaching new people because the the combination of a 50 minute teach and then being stuck in a three and a half hour long hit and roll game where you might be discovered in the first 20 minutes and you have to like lie to people's faces the whole time. We found it was stressful for new, new players and a lot of investment to teach new people. But like the idea of playing that game with people who know the game that, I mean, I'd, I'd be down for that anytime. It's just, a, it's just a solid experience. Yeah, um, and that was one of the first um, earlier, you know, hobby games that, that I played, you know, um, really got got into and that just blew it just blew my mind i was like wait wait wait, wait. What do you mean you're lying to me wait i'm lying to you oh i'm lying oh shit i'm lying am i lying i think i'm li- I'm supposed to be lying okay you know oh my and gosh that's such a good game and just that the kind of the whole social kind of experiment that goes with it but like for me that the, the dangers of that game of you know playing because you know some people don't lie I mean, we're not really like, yeah. obviously, you're playing a game, but some people... Yeah, I know, but some people just don't, don't like the like stress it. of it. They don't like it. Yeah, it's... You know, and, and the people who get mad, like, you've been lying to me. Yes, I've been you're lying like, that's the game. That's like, the game. We literally told... It says I'm a traitor. I follow the rules. You it's know? surprisingly hard to win as a Cylon if I'm not allowed to lie. Yeah, I know. Lying hidden rule games are always a fascinating. But that goes back to what I said, like, the combination of the 50-minute teach plus that stress for people is, is why I got rid of a game that otherwise i think is excellent the implementation the combination of the hidden role the combination of of trying to exercise your your options on the ship sending out your fighters attacking the silence dealing with it it really captured the feeling of the show while capturing the mechanics of the game in such a solid such a solid implementation all around that's why like the, the idea of a retheme just it feels like a mistake even if they i mean it might be that they have to do but it feels it still feels off maybe if they do arkham in space <laughs> with just a big old wink Yes, yeah, the, 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 the A, the, the second A is a you know looks like an eye going. Yeah, that could work. That could work. Yeah, and it's just uh kind of the the thing that I loved so much about it, and I, I don't actually own it, but I would play it in a second. Is the 
kind of that that decision space, especially when you are one of the traders, one of the Cylons of knowing that I have to screw myself over sometimes to make them think that I'm with them just to try to find the exact perfect moment to really screw everybody over. It's just so much fun. Yeah, it's, I mean, and then there's like that second phase in the game where suddenly, I get, and that's one of the things that's interesting about the game because you have to balance being too efficient in the first half of the game because you may find yourself a silent in the second half. And that completely changes. Like you have to like, yeah, you know, like we well, have to save the ship, but but also leave just enough room for things to go wrong in case it turns out I'm a silent. It was like an interesting balance and a twist. And did you ever play with the expansions? I never got the expansions to the table. Uh, uh, so some of them, uh, pretty much when, because uh, a friend of mine has not not all of it, but but a lot of it. Actually, but another buddy of mine does actually have all of it. But um, we all almost always play with the uh, the New Caprica expansion, where you actually go to the planet and you have to get yourself off the planet and then jump one more time. It, it cool. lengthens the game. It makes it harder for uh, the humans to win. I think it makes it harder for them. And the Pegasus board, we'll almost always play with that one, which makes it easier for the humans to win, but just, it, it, makes, it, it makes the game. Yeah. It makes the game a little longer. Uh, sometimes we'll play with uh, where you could be like the Cylon fleet commander or whatever the heck it is, where, you know, at the very beginning that you are a Cylon and you're the leader of the Cylons, but you might be a Cylon that wants the humans to live, or you might be a Cylon that wants them all to die. Or So it's another layer. Of even when you know that they are the bad guy, are they really the bad guy? Or maybe they're the bad guy, but they're not as bad as you want them to be kind of thing all, all mixed in there. Um, so uh, th those are the ones I played with. I never played with any of the the last ones, uh, everything I'd always heard was the last expansions were meh. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah, I never, I never had the opportunity. I, I, I got it. I don't remember when I got it. Did I get it before? Now I'm wondering if I got it when it was already out of print. No, I didn't. I got it before it was out of print for sure. Because I remember, I remember, oh my gosh, this goes back to like, you know, those things, those moments of in time where I remember like there were multiple times where it was available for like 25 bucks on sale. And like, you're like, in hindsight, you're like, I should have bought a hundred of those. Because that game goes for like a hundred bucks now. Well, yeah, yeah, I just saw someone selling uh, the all the expansions and the base game on uh, Facebook, and and the base game was damaged, like mm -hmm. damaged box. You know, the plays fine, whatever. Sure. But for like eight hundred dollars, and and nobody in there was like only one or two people were like eight hundred dollars. Like people, like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's what it goes for. It's not the craziest price. Some of those expansions go for like two hundred bucks a pop. It's yeah, it's it's. I mean, again, this is just the concept of you know perfect information. Heck, if once I have that, I may as well just invest in Starbucks when it first opened, or yeah, Bitcoin. You could, uh, you yeah. Just you know, buy 30, 30 shares of Starbucks and call it a day. Copies of Battlestar Galactica, and you can you could retire. Yeah, it's Battlestar Galactica. It, it was. Do you? How often do you still break it out? Speaking of cult of the new, playing it or whatnot. Um, Pre-COVID, forget COVID. I'll give you a full pass for the past year. You know, it 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 depends on who's around. Um, so uh, one of my other jobs is in theater, and uh, yep. uh, it used to be there was a. It just happened to be in the show that I was I was just directing it, but a bunch of the actors were gamer type people who liked the TV show, and so uh, and a buddy of mine who actually has all of it, he um, uh, happened to work at Microsoft, and Microsoft's right near the theater, and so on Saturdays when we we're on dinner break or before or after rehearsal, I mean, we would sometimes go over, get a conference room in Microsoft, and just play and so we play like you know i was playing i don't know two or three times a year now i haven't played in a while because people moved away and, and all of that but in general once this is back over i would venture to say i will wind up playing it you know once a year 
or so. And I'd be happy to do it like twice. Uh, it's a long. Yeah. I mean, it's a day. It's, it's That's a day. what I'm saying. I know. Battlestar there are some games you don't need to play a lot. Uh, Battlestar is definitely one of them. It's a game that if you play Battlestar Galactica once or twice a year, as long as you're not spending you know, whole day remembering the rules each time. I mean, like Mage Knight is going to be that for me. Speaking of my older games that I love, Mage Knight is a game that I, I get to the table once a year and I keep it every single time I go through a purge because I look at it and I'm like, but that was a fun game, man. That was a fun game. That was a, it was a solid experience and and it's enough. And other games you look at and you're like, well, that's, that was, wasn't worth it for a game I'm going to play once a year. Everything's going to be variable. Everything's contextual. Yeah, well, that's the other thing with the whole... The, uh, uh... You know, it's kind of the, the cult of the new. And my, my big passion is, one of my big passions is dungeon crawls. Well, dungeon crawls take up a lot of freaking space. And so I kind of have to decide, like, you know, how long is Alter Quest going to stay? I mean, when I play yeah. through the second campaign all the way, am I still going to want to keep the whole thing? I mean, it would be fair if I play through both campaigns and a couple others, like, that's 80 hours of game. It's a lot of content. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's well worth what, what the time I put in. But, you know, when, when um, Oathsworn comes in, Oh man, I just played Oath One yesterday. What? How? Yeah, TTS, TTS. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I was I, going to come right through this computer and shake. No, you. no, I'm not that good. I don't think it's in production yet. I mean, I think it's. I mean, it's in production. It's not. There's no copies in the physical. I mean, I guess there's prototypes. There's prototypes. Uh, Michael Kelly. I mean, speaking to Michael Kelly, I think he played it. Uh, King of Ravage played it. I don't know who else had prototypes. But no, no M- M- Michael only had uh, TTS. That's all he got to do. With. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. So, and then. Maybe the King of Average didn't have. To, I don't know what he had then. But anyways, in any case, whatever it was, uh, yeah, I reached out to. I did a while ago. I did a video on why I backed Oswan a few months ago, and the pledge manager already closed. I did the video before the pledge manager closed. It's like a last hurrah, so people can jump in if they wanted to. And the 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 publisher, or whatever they I mean, they the Shadow One Games reached out to me and said, "Hey, I know that the pledge manager is closed. It's not a, this isn't a marketing thing. This is just, you know, we'd love to like." sit down talk and play some games with you and so i kept game pushed off because of the nature of prioritizing because back to the cult of the new the nature of i i frequently have to play games both in person and on tts because there's a campaign coming up because there's something to come up and this was just like hey let's just hang out and play games so i kept on on pushing it off and pushing it off but we finally managed to get a game in uh yesterday in fact and it was i will say this i'll say two things i had a horrible experience playing it and I am so excited to get my copy, which means to say that this is, falls into the category of one of a few games where I think the TTS gameplay was really not for me. I did not like the TTS gameplay at all. Way too many token management, way too tedious. I didn't have a full understanding of the game because it was taught pretty quickly to get everyone up to speed. Um, and so I was still constantly just messing around with things. But everything I saw, I liked. Like, I'm really excited to get my pledge. It happens to be the actual gameplay was just like a, a ton of management stuff or whatnot. But yeah, solid game. If you backed it, uh, be excited. Yeah, I uh, and I'm proud of myself. I did not get all the extra miniatures. Good for you. I did not get the changeable arms for the heroes. Uh, so I'm, and I did that with a thought to space. Yeah, I, I was like, maybe, maybe I can hold on to it. But you know, I mean, I got that sitting there. And, you know, I thankfully my buddy had Gloomhaven, and we finished it. And you, I did not. You cannot imagine how fast I had that box in his car. I mean, so, so with so with Oath One, I didn't even notice when I backed it, but like they, I believe, if I recall correctly from yesterday's conversation, I believe they have one shot adventures. I mean, you could go through it as a narrative experience, like Gloomhaven. Like I think it's like almost a combination of Gloomhaven and Kingdom Death Monster in the way it plays and the structure. Yeah, of the it's kind of got like a long narrative and picking where you go, but yeah, you just it's just boss fights. 
yes, you can single shot the boss fights if I believe. I mean, I know you could for sure. And I believe they're setting up specifically similar to Primal, which I mentioned as well. They're, they're going to give you the opportunity. Oh, Primal, like, Primal. Did you like Primal? Yeah. Are you interested? Oh, I loved, I loved Primal. Absolutely love Primal. Think, I don't think we've I don't think I talked yet. about it. So it's, oh my gosh. I mean, like, you know, it's like, here, here's how it works. For me, the my favorite Kickstarter in 2020, speaking of Cult of the New, which is horrible people, it is our fault. I take it back. It is our fault. Uh, speaking of my favorite Kickstarter in 2020 was uh, in the Endless Winter. That is the game I'm most excited to get. And part of that, by the way, is the accessibility. It's not that there's other games. There's other games I've played that were potentially better to some degree, but like Endless Winter is a combination of an amazing game that I will get to the table because it's a simple Euro game you play in 90 minutes, and that does factor into my my hype for it. Uh, for me, I wish I could reach back and grab the prototype, but I had to send it off. So that was oh my gosh! There's there's like five prototypes I played in 2020 that I actually would have loved to keep playing, and I had to send all of them away. Meanwhile, my attic has like. 10 other prototypes that I'd have no interest in playing again at all. And to be clear, not that the game is bad, but a game has to be particularly good for me to want to play the prototype instead of just waiting for the real thing. Yeah, I got I got two prototypes that uh, I still regularly play. I, I have a Merchant's they? Cove prototype. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and I have... Uh, it, they This game failed its funding. They're going to come back. But this game, Theurgy... Interesting. It, Never heard of it. it. That's the problem. No one's heard of it. <laughs> Um, that, that I play all the time. I think it's one of the best area control games out there. Cause you are done in 90 minutes. Nice. Done. Well, I'll pay attention. And my wife and I still regularly play lines of Lydia. Lines of Lydia. I actually just got my hands on that. Uh, the prototype I got my hand. So I didn't cover it during the campaign. Uh, when uh, Quackalope last visited me, he brought me a handful of prototypes that he was kind of done with that I expressed interest in. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have these 10 prototypes. Any of them capture your attention? I was like, Lines of Lydia, Johnny Pack. I want to play that one. So he brought that over, and I, I have not actually played it. But I'm glad to hear you play it, as, even though it's a prototype. Yeah, yeah no, my, my wife and I, we uh, that, that one came in. That one weaseled its way in at number 10 on my most played games of the year. Nice. And, and my wife was gone all of November through December. So, like... It just sat on the shelf because that, I mean, there, there's no solos there. But yeah, Primal. So I say, so it is early in the year to say this, but there is a decent chance that Primal will be my number one Kickstarter of 2021. And it's literally like, what, two weeks into 2021? Uh, but I, it, I'm really yeah, you're, enjoying You're calling it. that really early. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm saying there's a decent chance. I'm just, I'm just, I'm way, I'm gauging up. If I had to gauge, oh man, what would win? Primal or Endless Winter? I think, oh, I think Endless Winter would win. Well, that's but easy. It's hard to know. Was last year. No, I, I understand. I'm saying if I were messaging, my, uh, that, but but that's my grading system for why I think Primal has a decent chance of being my 2021 winner. Because when I think about my 2020 picks, it's head to head with Endless Winter, and I'd I'd have a hard time choosing either. Very different fields that they're playing in. Yeah, so when we're talk, talking about kind of the, the cult of the new idea, so when you pick your best Kickstarter of the year, what, what does that mean to you? Because it's sure. not. I mean, it's not the game. Because there's a decent chance that Oathsworn won't even be here. In Correct. 2022. So. When I put together, I put together a video of my top 10 Kickstarters of 2021, and it was a combination of everything. And I think I, I think I said pretty clearly, I was like, there's, I'm just making up what goes into this formula here. There's no formula. I just decided to rank them because some of these I played, some of them I haven't played. And so I did put most of the ones I played higher up, but there were exceptions because it, to me, 2021, the best Kickstarter to me is just, what am I most excited about? What did I consider to be the, the most exciting in some way, sense, or form? Uh, Endless Winter came in at number one. I think Massive Darkness came in at number two. 
uh, with along with Dead Reckoning. Dead Reckoning I've played as well. Massive Darkness was a combination of playing the original plus liking the changes they showed. Uh, so to me, it's just about my my own personal hype level, and and almost automatically a game I played has a higher chance of being up that track because you know I actually good. played it exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll be curious. So I I did not back the new Massive Darkness, mm-hmm. and I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of you. I mean, there's so many games. The ones there's a there's like. I have Oath one coming. I have Madara coming. I have I managed oh to gosh, pass. I have Madara coming too. I, I just I just reached out in the blue, just totally in the blue, reached out and said, "Hey, we just can I get a review copy?" I'm like, sure. I was like, "Oh dear lord!" You know, it's... But as I was ty- typing, trying to play it cool, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it's so so hard. The amount of games I have coming, like Ains Trespass Odyssey, I managed to hold back off of, like, because I got Oath one at the time, and I was like, I just like I had to like. There's a certain point where you just cap out of. There's a decent amount of games that may well come that I will get rid of. It, it's just at a certain point, I'm going to have to say, I was this excited then, but I'm this excited now. And again, the, I tend to back these characters that hold their value. Like uh, the idea of if I get Madara to the, if I, when, when Madara arrives, even if I decide I don't want to play it, it, it'll sell for what I paid for it. I'm, more, I'm not worried about that. And, and that's the thing. I like the journey too. I like the process of the journey, the discovery, the, the back in the game, the being excited about the game. Even if I never play the game, I bought myself enjoyment along the way and didn't even lose money at the end of it which is, is that's one of the reasons I, I look at kickstarter that way yeah one of the fun things i think about um chip theory games is uh kickstarters like mm-hmm. they have fun kickstarters yeah like, you know like i think of like too many bones they have little stories that they're telling and you know it's just a google form that you're clicking on but like we're voting on stuff and we're yeah. determining the story and it's just it's just fun and so that kind of becomes part of that experience which doesn't always bleed into the game being fun. Sometimes the campaign's way more fun than the game. Yeah. Um, but you I, know, like, I, I think that's part yeah. of it. I think that's also, you know, I said earlier, kind of Kickstarter is a little bit to blame for the cult of the new, but it's that whole experience because with the exception of like the, the commands who just, you know, they can put anything up there and make a million dollars. Yeah. Like the, 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 the competition for, backers is so harsh it's so so tight and that's the things that people have to come up with to get people engaged because you're not really going to succeed again unless you're like come on unless you know if i'm running this campaign if you on your own are going to go out and then start pushing it because you are excited the only way you're going to do that is you got to do something clever which is very fast i think it's actually i think there's a lot of room for i mean this is drifting from our conversation entirely but i i think there's a lot of room for kickstarters to succeed they just they have to put the work in and unfortunately or fortunately depending how you look at it the work no longer consists of simply putting up a good product i think a big part of the work is the community building if you're come on if you're uh if you're awakened realms if you're mythic you are you've built up that community and you can do what you want but I can point to dozens of games that have done phenomenally well. Endless Winter, Primal, uh, a Townsfolk Tussle. I have to like pull through more. Uh, um, what's that game that the, the oh my gosh, the Cooperative 4X game? Uprising. Uprising. These are all companies that did phenomenally well for the first Kickstarter. And, and one thing they all had in common is their games and their communities were well, well above six months in advance of the Kickstarter. They started building up that community from day one. You you throw a game on Kickstarter and hope it funds. I mean, you might fund, you might not, but you're suddenly relying on on just the facet of is your game good? You're not you're not getting people invested well before your Kickstarter ever launches. If there's yeah, one even, thing, it yeah. even becomes part of it. Like if you haven't done that, that's a now almost a red flag. Yeah, 
like and a, it, sh- it should be to an extent. I mean, like it, I it's, think of um, um, Ping Yao that's out there, which is yeah, you know, I, I, and they funded now, and I, I've said, I mean, if that's not one of my top top Euro games of the year, assuming I mean it's supposed to deliver this year, but yep. if it does, I'll be shocked if it's not. But it's struggling because the Jing Studio didn't start building community until you know three well, weeks prior to launch yeah it showed up on kickstarter it looks it looks okay it doesn't look amazing um it's 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 a little bit pricey too and there's despite the fact that there's a million content creators saying how much they enjoyed it yourself included i saw your like your your forum post as well as your review there's a lot of people who seem to really enjoy that game but it's not content creators are just one part of a multifaceted equation of how to make a successful kickstarter and, and it's not an easy answer. It's not like here's this checklist of 10 things to do. It's here's this checklist of 10 serious areas of homework, work, and investment. But the more – I was talking to a friend like a few months ago about how it used to be when you were a service provider. He's a locksmith. It used to be to be a locksmith. You just put your phone number in the phone book. People called you, did good work, and you moved on. But now there's all these games you have to play. Now you have to sit there and be on Angie's list. You have to sit there and put your stuff. You have to put your, your Google marketing up. You, know, you can no longer just be a locksmith. You have to actually like know a bunch of other stuff to be competitive. And that's the nature of any space. The more competition there is, the more you have to become an expert at the thing you weren't trying to be an expert at in order to succeed. Is, your, uh, is Board Game Co. sponsored by a local locksmith? Board Game Co. Not, sponsored by a local locksmith. No. If, if you're not, he is missing out on dozens of views per week <laughs> yeah he's he's a local locksmith i don't know how many of my views come from cleveland ohio <laughs> four four exactly <laughs> but yeah no it, it's 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 a fascinating it's a fascinating thing this concept that we we have to be experts and this will apply to content creation too by the way i mean to be a content creator as well is no longer just about hey i can talk well about this game or review this game well there's there's things you need to learn to to sit there and figure out how to actually not just be good at what you do, but get people to recognize you and know you because that is, it doesn't matter if, how good Ping Yao is if people aren't buying it. That's the, the sad reality of things. And, and don't get me wrong, you, between you and uh, Man of Mrs. Meeple saying it's definitely adding to his collection, it's completing with Twa and uh, Lorenzo Magnifico. I mean, I'm tempted by Ping Yao, but like, I also, I feel like I have a Why haven't week... you backed it while I was talking? Come on. Because it's like a two-week burst of attention of... of I mean, there's like 400 people backing it. Like, I'm torn. I, I like, I think it will be a good game, and I love Twa. Twa's in my top 50 of all time. Lorenzo's just outside it, but it's, I, I mean, it's just the problem is they didn't give me months and months to build up my hype and my interest. If I just hold firm for another week, then it'll be off my radar again. And I'm always trying to not back things more than I'm trying to back them. Yeah, the thing that my uh, my my buddy who at a year or so ago, maybe a little more than that, we were definitely enablers of each other. <laughs> but now we finally, we, we, we flipped it. Now, now it's first thing when one of those backs Kickstarter, within five minutes, there'll be a text that'll just be like, why? Oh, for, for, for anybody who's uh, just listening, it's just me shaking my head disgustedly. Like, when you find one of those gifs, you get one of those gifs, and that, that's what it is. And then usually we didn't have to defend our choice to each other. And the other one, we will do our very best to poke as many holes in it as we can because we don't have space for stuff. Even, yeah. if, even if we have the money at the moment, we don't have the space. I have this deal with uh, one of my uh, Patreons who we go, we, we, we frequently go back and forth of like, we're like, okay, I, I won't back the game if you don't. And we do that all the time. And then like the last time we did that, I basically said, hey, I can get a, a TTS session with the designer 
uh, you want to join me? And he did. And then we both proceeded to back it together. So we're both enablers and convincers at the same time. We play that, we tow that line. Yeah, well, and that's actually, it's kind of been, and actually for anybody listening, like, I fully recommend finding one else in the hobby to try to talk each other out of it because then when we do back something, like we are fully confident and we haven't been wrong yet. Like we haven't gotten something come in and we've been like, well, that's disappointing that we'd actually you haven't done that. You haven't been disappointed by Kickstarters yet? Oh, oh no. Oh, plenty. I got. Okay. I was I a little confused that. by that. But, but, but not, not that we've had that process since we've done that, you know, gotcha. the, the uh, uh, impulse backs have gone down. And it's literally just, just like, I don't want to, I don't want to see his text, <laughs> you know, stop and think about it. Um, and so, you know, it doesn't, it's not that, you know, we have very different tastes. Like one of his favorite, his, some of his favorite games are Scythe and Rising Sun. And I recognize the impressive mechanics and interesting things those games do, but okay. Yeah. You know, I will play it if you want to. Sure. But I'm never going to say, oh my gosh, they're like, I have a day off. Can we play Rising Sun? Never, never going to happen ever. Um, and I can't play Blood Rage anymore. Circling back to what you said earlier, because we played it once. And I whooped everyone's butt so I can never play again because it's never going to be that good again. Okay. Uh, if I ever show up in California, we'll play Blood Rage and I'll whoop your butt and you can play it. Oh, you know, you're saying, oh, interesting. You're saying, I, I was I was jumping. You're saying it was never going to be as good again, not you found it like boring and uninteresting because you destroyed them. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I can't help nope. you with that. Yeah, no, I'm never, I'm never going to do that well again. Like just, just read the tables like, oh, that's a cool strategy. That's working. I'm stealing it. Like just, that kind of stuff and just doing it. But, uh, but, you know, so, but because we have such different tastes as we, you know, we're able to then kind of really easier for me to, to zoom in on like, this might be a problem with this game you're looking at. Like, have you thought about how the combat's done or like whatever it is, because it's so easy to get your blinders, like maybe with the massive darkness too. Like that was almost like, yes, take my money. But I really had to stop and look close. Okay, now do I really like that? Do I really, you know, those kinds of things? Yes, yes, and yes. The pledge manager is still open. Go, you can hold off. I, I, I will, I will hold off. You go play Ping Yao on TTS, though. Um, oh, I'm down for that. I'd play it on TTS. Yeah, interesting. You're right. It is on TTS. I should do that, or yeah, I shouldn't. Yeah, you should. It's a, it's a, and it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good mod. Nice. You know, it's not. It's it's not the well, the the best mod I've seen is the Merchants Cove one that they just released. That's an amazing mod. Nice. Like, like I mean, the person, the people they had to do that, like it just everything snaps into place and stuff so like slide and like pop up and it's very impressive. But the Pingyao one's pretty pretty good. You, what I should do is I should put you in touch with uh, Tyler. Maybe you can get on his uh, if you do it quick, get on his uh, Friday live stream of the game. And because he's keeping a tracking scoreboard and whatever the top three content creator scores are, are going to get, uh, I think, pledges to give away to their people. This is for Ping Yao or for Ping Yao? Oh, I'm potentially interested depending on time. Yeah, yeah. When Or then I'll I'll shoot you both a, no one cares about this, I'll cut this part out, but I'll shoot you (laughs) a message on this afterwards. Um, But anyhow, so it sounds like uh, we are both in the cult of the new and we are enablers of the cult of the new. And we want to pretend that we want to play old games. No, no. I, I, am, I am in the cult of the new. And I am an enabler of the cult of the new. Both those things are true. But behind the scenes, on my app and my private life, I, 70% of my gaming is older games. I just don't talk about it as much because it's not the thing that gets the eyes. I talk about it a little, but not as much. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, I'll buy that. Very easy to say when there's no evidence. Um, I will. Let me hold up my, to those who don't know what's going on, I'm pulling up my little stats, my insights for 2020. And I have to go in my top 20. We have let's score at, rattle through it. We have one elf of world, Cthulhu Death May Die, Codem's Duet, Bruise, Sprawlopolis, Tack, Circle the Wagon, Zombie Kids, The Crew. Oh, The Crew is technically 2020, isn't it? Fine. Cockroach Poker, Charterstone, The Resistance, uh, Kingdom Rush. That's so new. Marvel Champions, Watergate, Zombicide, Black Plague, Machiko Legacy, Blitzkrieg, Panemic Legacy, Brave Rats, Innis, Bunny Kingdom, The Game, Mass Transit. Mass Transit actually is a Kickstarter that's not out. That's a prototype I went through a lot. Rajas of the Ganjas, Cross Clues. I mean, if you go through this list, most of these most a vast majority of my most played games are are older stuff i just love the new stuff but it filters in and then some of it sticks around some of it goes away the thing that makes me really sad are the things that i'm hyped about today the new stuff that i'm hyped about i'm like that's so good and then and then three years from now it's it's it was good it wasn't so good it was good and that will happen and i think that's what the process of creating a collection is it's it's the nature of going through all the new stuff finding all the things you like and then as time goes on some of it goes away and some of it filters into place it's like kind of like it's like i mean in a weird depressing way it's kind of like tetris that you keep clearing out these rows one at a time of things that go away and then every once in a while something sticks and then if enough things stick you don't have enough space you die. in your collection anymore yeah, exactly wait, wait, wait. so 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 it's so it's it only sticks when you've made a mistake that's what i'm saying if you make enough mistakes you die if you make enough space wow. mistakes you don't have enough room on your screen that's what it is it's a constant challenge to figure out how to make space and keep the screen. It's a, it's a, it, it'll work, this metaphor, maybe. Yeah, go go back to Kingdom Rush. I think Kingdom Rush is doing the polyomino better. Um, <laughs> so, so the, the, the last thing I'll leave you with. If it is true that Battlestar Galactica comes back as some kind of Arkham whatever, yeah. are you in or are you skeptical? I'm skeptical, 100%. I, I, I think Battlestar is an excellent game. But I am skeptical that a re-implementation of the theme would in any way be an improvement. I'd have to have the rave reviews come in. I'll watch your review. I'll watch your review. I'll see how it goes. Oh, I, I hope they send me one. Are you kidding? Yeah. You know how many views I would get? <laughs> it, it, it's not that I won't get it. It's not that I won't try it. It's that I'm walking in skeptical. It's a re-theme that doesn't make sense to me, even if it needed to be done. Yeah, and, and, I'm, and, and I'm with you. And that's mostly because I don't, I'm neutral on Cthulhu. Like, yeah. Whatever. I don't, I don't like or dislike i mean stuff i've learned about lovecraft himself i don't like but i appreciate the that deep horror yeah. yeah yeah you know and i appreciate the, the world building and some of my friends just live and die and breathe it um like we went to a convention and a buddy was gonna run a cthulhu game a, a call of cthulhu game he's like come play i'm like all right sure whatever i'm in and we're going through and all this stuff and we found a book and going on i was like can we has not burned the book I'm like, no, 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 all this stuff. I was like, well, why don't we just burn the book? <laughs> and then finally we finished and we everybody died. That's how it ended. We we killed the thing, but like we everyone died. And I was that later I was like, my buddy Richard was like, Richard, um, what would happen if we would just burn the book? He's like, oh, you would have won, because that was it. I was like, see, just burn the book. You find an evil book, you, you burn it. it. Like, I feel like that is life lesson number two. You know. Don't open things that shouldn't be opened. Yeah. Yeah, but but the point is, you know, I just don't. It doesn't excite me like Battlestar Galactica excited me because I like the show and all of that. So, wait, wait, wait. We can apply this. We can we can take that metaphor. So we're talking about the cult of the new, right? And you're talking about burning the book because something new, you never really know what's going to be in it. You can sit there and you can play your favorite game of all time, whatever it is. You can play your second favorite game, your third favorite game, whatever it is of all time, or you can buy that new game 
that might be amazing or it might be a horrific monster that eats you. Go back primal. <laughs> is that thing we want? But but yeah, so anyhow, we, we've gone way long on this, this session. I know you have kids to wrangle and yeah. bathe or whatever you have to do with kids. Um, but uh, thank you for taking the time to, to come on. If you want to leave our two remaining people still watching after two hours with a word or five of wisdom, what do you got for them? That's a good question. Um, I would go with enjoy the cult of the new. Enjoy the hype. Enjoy all the stuff that comes along with it, but also understand for yourself what it really is for you. Is it constantly a journey of new things and you're getting rid of them because you're always playing the new things, you're not playing the old? Or do you like the combination? In which case, make sure you're doing the combination. Uh, that's something I did in a recent video is the idea of just, I don't really care what decisions people make, but act with intent. Don't lie to yourself. If you're only playing the new things, play them, sell them, play the new things, sell them, move on. There's nothing wrong with that. Or, or just make sure you're getting a healthy mix. Play those games you love and also play the new stuff. Just just act with intent and know what you want to do. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, the only thing I'd actually add to that is, uh, you know, when these exciting campaigns come up, like, well, like Primal, I'm teasing Alex for, you yeah. know, because of it, but it is a big deal and it is exciting. But, you know, just take the time and do that little bit of research, you know. Yeah. Read the rule book if you're a reader. Watch playthroughs of different reviews. Definitely watch a playthrough and just make sure that you want it because none of these Kickstarters are cheap. Yeah. You know? And Primal is expensive. Like I'm I'm hyped about it. Do not get me wrong. But I got a good question recently from someone that someone said, one of my viewers said to me, if you hadn't played it, would you be backing it? And the answer was yes, but I did have to pause first. I had to think about it and process that. And you're in my shoes. You're, you're not in my shoes. You're in my hypothetical shoes as someone who didn't play it and have to make a decision with that. Just because I love it doesn't mean you will. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, so, you know, Cult of the New is fun and exciting. But, you know, Cult has also got a negative connotation <laughs> for a reason. So just make sure you got that third Cthulhu eye open. You know, to uh, does Cthulhu have three eyes? I don't think he has. I have eyes. no idea. <laughs> I'm not a Cthulhu expert by any means. Don't 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 add us, Lovecraft fans. Um, we will learn. But anyhow, thank you so much for joining me today for a very long time, and everyone else, thank you so much for watching. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. I only want to be in the games I really love. I don't want to be in all the games. I want to be in like a handful of games and. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind being in primal. You got it. You got to put in your time. You can't just like pop up for two years and then complain that you're not like making a living. And I'm fine with that. I'm enjoying it. I'm having an absolute blast, uh, which is why I keep doing this. Out of your mind with a daily video. Like, I, you know, I, I, I've committed to every Wednesday and I put out way more than one a week, but yeah. as long as I get every Wednesday, I'm fulfilling my, my contractual obligation to the to yourself. <laughs> gaming gods, right? I mean, I take money for other stuff. Like, yeah, if I want to play through, absolutely pay me some money, you know, because that boy, that the, the amount of editing on a playthrough is huge. It's a lot of work. Um, and then same thing for how to play videos, which uh, I'm trying to become the poor man's Rodney Smith, like, <laughs> like the homeless man's Rodney Smith. That's what I'm trying to trying to be.